is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic with me. As always, Cody Westerland of 670 The Score. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can help find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. And if your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 54, then your company should be advertising right here on our show. Our audience is 95% male, and 78% of our audience is between the ages of 18 and 44. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to consider purchasing products they've learned about from podcasts, and 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase products from companies that advertise in their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable, so make sure you email us at lockedonbulls at gmail.com with any inquiries. Cody, the sounds like the Cameron Payne era is going to really begin tomorrow. Why is that, Sean? Do you envision a larger role for Campaign as the Bulls prepare Tuesday night to host the Nuggets? He only played in the second quarter on Saturday night at Cleveland, I believe. Uh, Fred wanted to slowly install him, I believe, into the Bulls' offense a little bit. And not overwhelm him. Bigger mm-hmm. role come uh, Tuesday, you think? Yeah, I think he's going to play more than twelve minutes. He, you know, he looked he looked pretty good. He had a couple of bad turnovers in that game, but you know, he hit two three pointers. He looked okay running the offense. So you know, I think there's going to be a bigger role for him. And I don't know whether they're going to start him just like a few days after trading for him, but I think that's going to be where he goes eventually. But I think he's going to play a little a lot more minutes. Well, it's funny that you actually bring up uh, whether he could be starting or not because we wanted to do a. Uh, mailbag heavy episode here on what was a Monday practice for the Bulls, but not a lot of hard breaking news or anything uh, like that. But MK and VJ both on Twitter asked, do you expect campaign to start this season? Uh, and how many games until he does start if he's not starting right away? So um, Fred didn't announce his starting lineup yet for Tuesday no. night. Correct. Michael Carter-Williams will once again be out with knee tendinitis. Uh, Jaron Grant had started 12 games before the All-Star break, as we pointed out. Uh, went home, rested, hung out with friends, hooped by himself, stayed in shape, came back, and got sent to the bench because that's what the Bulls do this year. It's rotation roulette. You know, it's just a carousel okay. of people. Michael Carter-Williams gets knee tendinitis, plays seven, eight minutes in the first game back from the break, and Jaron Grant goes back to the starting rotation. Uh, I just I, want to officially I, register my skepticism about Michael Carter Williams' knee tendonitis. By okay. the way, he okay. looked fi- he looked like this. he looked fine walking out of the uh, locker room after that game, and he looked fine today at practice running around. Even though Hoiberg said that, or afterwards, look, you know, he was doing some of those shooting drills, and Hoiberg said that all he did was some light stuff on the treadmill. So, I I'm I'm skeptical that the knee tendonitis is why he's not with the team. I think it's just because he's been terrible. We might as well go there then. They have five point guards on their roster. That's too many point guards for Fred Hoiberg to juggle. Only one of them, two of them are veterans, I guess, in Rajon Rondo and Isaiah Cannon, kind of a younger guy, yeah, but Cannon still a veteran player. In. But you don't have to worry about Cannon taking those minutes. That, that's still four point guards 
that Hoiberg has to juggle. Casey Johnson of the Tribune tweeted today that early indications are the Bulls could part with a point guard by waving slash releasing them before the March 1st deadline in which they could still be eligible to sign with another team and play in the playoffs. Could it be MCW? Do you see it being canon? Do you think MCW's knee tendonitis, in quotes there, is writing on the wall for his Bulls exit in the next week or so? Well, it would make in sense. In the next week, I guess, next couple days. Right, it would have to be by Wednesday in order for him to be eligible to play in the playoffs. Totally I totally forgot February only has 28 days. It so does. That it's, throws people it's off. Real, it's really weird. It's. I mean, hey, we get paid sooner, though. That's true. More money Absolutely. to go into fewer days in the month of February for you, so you can go bananas. Absolutely. So, uh, I was told by somebody in the organization today they as of as of today they don't plan on waiving any of the guys any any of the point guards but KC obviously is reporting that they likely Consider are going to yeah. so i think it's going to happen at some point whether it happens before the uh deadline for playoff eligibility or after i don't know i would think Carter Williams would make the most sense cuz Canada's making the minimum so even if he's yeah. still on the roster he's going to have a tiny cap hold net uh, whereas MCW is a guy who is going to want to play more minutes because he's going to want to, you know, get this, you know, his contract up in terms of, you know, showcasing yeah. himself for teams. He's going to have a bigger cap hole. His his cap hole is going to be about $4.3 million if they make him a restricted free agent. They'll have to decide whether to match someone's offer, which obviously they won't do. I think it would make sense at this point if they want to divide their minutes between uh, Jaron Grant, who's been better than MCW, if you yeah. want to give him the primary backup minutes, give Cameron Payne a look at, at starter, which is obviously kind of what they were thinking when they traded for him, and then you know keep Rondo in the rotation because they like what he does with the second unit. I think MCW is the odd man out there. Cannon doesn't really play much anyway. Sean's antenna is, I guess, what, what would be the verb to describe it? It's it's up. It's on red alert. Oh, it's basically. way up. It's on it's on red alert, ready for uh, uh, a move to be made. I guess you should say a little skepticism there. That's a that's a good point. By you, I think as far as campaign starting, yeah, um, yeah, I like the idea of starting him at some point along the way, and I'm not so concerned about his offense, or not his offense, but his understanding of the system and the offense and the sets and the plays. Like that, that doesn't concern me as much as if Jaron Grant is continuing to play well. Are you just going to yank him out of the lineup? Because you know Jimmy and D-Wade are still going to start every single game. They're healthy and rested. I mean, D-Wade and you know could Robin conceivably... Lopez is start. Yeah, D-Wade could conceivably rest another game or two here on back-to-backs down the stretch. But, like, Jaron Grant's playing well. Like, maybe leave him in there. Maybe just let his confidence keep going. Maybe see how he fits alongside Jimmy Butler in the big picture. Like, I understand this trade they made of McDermott and Gibson was to get Portis Valentine more minutes. They wanted to get campaign a look as well and see if he can be their point guard of the future, which we can address here a little more uh, on this podcast. But at the same time, like you got a guy who's doing a good thing who's a young player. Uh, thoughts of maybe just keeping him in the lineup? Because I guess it's just reached the level in which the shenanigans of lineup rotations are such that no one is surprised by anything. Like, Jimmy Butler, he's on record as saying he's not surprised by anything this year regarding how they've, like, handled his suspension and just things that happened. And by suspension, I mean, excuse me, um, five-minute suspension where he didn't start his reprimand for calling his teammates out. But I think it would help Jaron Grant's confidence when he's playing well to just 
stay in the starting lineup until he's not playing well. I think I would tend to agree with you on that. And it's not like they traded for, like, they traded for Cameron Payne. They like him. They think he can be their long-term starter going forward. But it's not like they traded for, like, I don't know, Damian Lillard or <laughs> yeah. something where he where it's like a level of talent where he's going to come in and you just know right away, yes, obviously this guy's going to start. Cameron Payne, I think, is about the same level in his career as Jaron yeah. Grant, which is, you know, some he was a first-round pick, second-year guy. Some people liked him in the draft. Some people didn't like him in the draft. And, you know, maybe he'll turn into something, maybe he won't. But, like, they're both kind of at the same level. So, yeah, I mean, if Jaron Grant... You all, you also... What kind of message does that send if you don't... If you trade for a guy like Cameron Payne and you don't make him earn his starting spot? That's a good point by you, too, Sean. And they were taken either four or five picks apart in the 2015 draft because yeah. campaign went 14 and Grant went 18 or 19, I believe. Yeah. Is my guess, best guess off 19. the top of my head. Um, and, again, like, the talent level, very similar there. Jaron Grant is shooting 46, almost 47% from three-point range in February. That's really good. 49% from the field. Again, his assist-to-turnover ratio is over 2-1 to one right now, almost 3-1. to one. So, again, he's not, like, out there dropping 10 dimes, but he's also not making bad basketball plays and he's, with the ball. And he's been shooting the ball a lot better this month. He's shooting over 40% from three in the month of February. Yeah. He's gotten every All the stats have gotten better and better as the season has gone on. Yeah, so, over. like, I think you made the point you, you got to earn it, but the fact of the matter is Jaron Grant's playing well right now. Campaign came over from the trade, and John Paxson, when he was explaining the trade, said, we understand he's not playing very well this year, hasn't really had a rhythm, and has coming off that foot injury early in the year, which is, I guess, understandable. You right. get it, but at the same time, you acknowledge he's not playing well, so it'd be weird to plug him in. So by year's end, yeah, to the, I think so. To the uh, to our great listeners sending in questions um, on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Yeah, I think he'll start at some point because I think he'll get a few spot starts maybe for Dwayne Wade. Um, maybe if he earns that spot and plays good basketball, he'll start over Jaron Grant. But not yet would be my guess. Um, you Which should definitely course, tune course, in at five fifteen on Tuesday night as we all tweet out the fact that maybe he is starting. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Would it, would it really surprise you if he just if he gets the starting nod tomorrow? Maybe maybe they'll maybe Fred will even announce a shoot around. I'm with Jimmy. Nothing surprises me. I'm with Jimmy. Nothing uh, surprises uh, me. Paul via email. You can email us at lockdownbulls at gmail dot com. Uh, basketball questions, advertising inquiries, always welcome. But Paul asks, do the Bulls feel like they have a point guard of the future? In campaign, or what exactly, how exactly do they view him, Sean? Uh, they like him. I know Cameron said today at shooter, or not a shooter, at practice when we talked to him, that the Bulls spent a lot of time talking to him and watching him work out before the draft in 2015. And he really thought before the Thunder drafted him that Chicago was where he was going to end up. And, you know, obviously they said before, you know, they said after the trade that they were really high on him in the draft, but they said the same thing about Jaron Grant, too. So, I think I think eventually they do view him as a starter, but it's also not the kind of thing where they're going to not, I don't know, let's say they trade Jimmy Butler and get the number one pick in the draft. They're not going to not draft Markel Fultz because they have Cameron Payne, or at least I would hope not. Yeah, point guard of the future. I mean, this is still just such an interesting question with the Bulls because, again, they have five of them, and their best one isn't one of the five. It's Jimmy. And if Jimmy is the future... I don't, I don't know how campaign fits well alongside him. But then you bring up a point, if they trade Jimmy, they, they should take a point guard with that top two, three pick, whatever it is. Maybe it's number one overall, um, the Nets pick there that the Celtics own. And 
That's a hard question. I think more than anything, I think in their heart of hearts, deep down, I think they wanted to take maybe more of a flyer on potential than this has to do with them truly feeling like campaign is the point guard of their future. I believe they reached the point where they knew exactly what Doug McDermott was in the Bulls' mind mm-hmm. going forward, and that is what he was this year. And maybe, I mean, a hybrid of what he was last year, so maybe slightly better at shooting um, than he's shown this year because he was a little better last year uh, just with his three-point shot. But maybe they really just thought he's a 10-points-per-game guy who can knock down open threes and is a constant defensive liability. And they thought that Cameron Payne has a much higher ceiling than that. Than what he's shown also. Yes, and than what he's shown. And it was just worth the, I, I, I don't even call it, it's not high risk for the Bulls in that trade. I mean, they, I think they're going to lose the trade. We've already on record as saying they just traded the two best Giving up a second round pick play. is indefensible. Like, I don't agree with it, but at the same time, it's not like it's a high risk trade. Sure. It's, it's a medium risk trade at best, and maybe a high reward in campaign being a starting point guard. Down the line. Hey, Fred I guess Hoiberg so. said he had star potential, so we'll see. Um, we will see is a very good way to put that. So I think this is more swing and see if we can hit a double when we knew our potential before we had a singles hitter, maybe. Is, right. that, is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, um, I think it's possible. But on the other hand, the Thunder are generally so good at developing talent and, and evaluating talent, and they've drafted so well, that if they're giving up on a guy a year and a half into his NBA career, like, Shouldn't that send up some red flags, maybe? Perhaps, and I, I still think those those back-to-back foot injuries in July, yeah, um, the Jones fracture surgery, and then and then the complication, which Thunder and Cameron Payne claim are unrelated, and I say claim, I should say say, because everyone's in agreement there, but it's still, it's still a red flag that would concern me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, typewriter Kermit asks on Twitter. Typewriter Kermit dot gif. That's dot the dude's name. Gif. Correct. Doc uh, Giff wants to know how well do the new Bulls pieces fit with Hoiball? <laughs> I mean, well, what, what is Hoiball really? Hoiball is space and pace, getting the ball up the court, getting into your set early, taking the first good high efficiency shot. You're not you're not winding the shot clock down for something better if you have an open three pointer. Hoiball is sharing the basketball. It's a little bit of what they flashed Saturday night against the Cavs. You it, were there. Like, I mean, that that's that's a little bit of hoi ball. That's kind of what Do they want. Do these pieces fit? I mean, if Campaign shoots two for two from three-point range every time he shoots two three-pointers, he he's a great fit. If he never misses ball. a three-pointer, I think he's a great fit. I'm actually a little bit intrigued to see where Joffrey Laverne uh, fits in the offense because he's, you know, he's a stretch four. He's a, you know, he's a guy who can... Sh- who can shoot uh, from the outside. Is he a stretch four or stretch five? He's a stretch big. He's a stretch big who shoots Position just shy of 35% from three points. Yeah, which is respectable. Yeah. I'm interested That's to see... That's the second best mark on the Bulls, probably. It, after yeah. Jaron Grant now or so. Or Bobby yeah, Cordes. it's not it's, it's not great, but it's still respectable. And I'm, I'm interested to see if maybe that's gonna, if he's going to be able to take some of those Nico minutes and be able to actually be a threat from out there. Well, that's another question that's raised here. In all of this, and I guess we'll get back to the fit here a little bit, but 
Joffrey Laverne, the Bulls get him in the trade. And look, Robin Lopez has two more years on his contract, and he's doing what they ask of him. Uh He's rebounding well, and, you know, being a a bully defender down low uh, when the matchup is right and calls for it. When teams go spread, pick, and roll, the Bulls have to take him out of the game a lot because he's not good at chasing, switching, and chasing point guards around. And they play Chris Felicio a little more. They play Nico and Taj together sometimes before the trade. But look, he's under contract. Robin Lopez is going to keep his starting gig and play those 22-24 minutes right. a game probably. Chris Felicio needs to keep playing because he's earned those minutes. He needs to develop, and he's part of the future. He might get um, punished for stealing Wade's triple-double, though. He might. Is 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 he going to have to buy Wade a gift? The uh, like minimum salary guy buying the millionaire a gift just to, to make amends? He might have to. We'll have to keep an eye on the story. But Wade tweeted a joke about it a night later after that Oscar stuff last night. And he's still not. He's still a little salty. Seems not happy about it. Best way to put it. Um, That would have been the first co-triple doubles for the Bulls. Jimmy Butler had one on Saturday night against the Cavs. Of course, you probably know that Felicio knocked a rebound out of Wade's hands in the waning seconds, and he fell one rebound short. It would have joined Jordan Pippen in 1989 as the only Bulls to throw up matching triple doubles in the same game. So uh, Wade had a little bit of fun with that and saltiness. But... I, I just don't see how you're even going to get a good read on Joffrey Laverne in the last 22 games when you're fighting for a playoff spot, too, mind you. Fred, right. Fred is citing this fighting for a playoff spot. Well, they're, like, they're three games clear of the eighth seed right now. Yeah. Or of the ninth seed. And they're, he should be pushing. They're statistically for, tied for, sixth, for the sixth seed in the East right now. So this is part of the reason why I think the Laverne portion of the trade is just like a non-entity because if you're still pushing for the playoffs... He's not cracking the top four of this rotation. You're already on record saying the trade was made in large part to get Bobby Portis and Denzel Valentine minutes. So as it pertains to big men, Bobby Portis minutes, he's starting. That's clear. They want to see what he has. Nico's playing some of his best basketball in the last two games since the trade. And where does Joffrey Laverne fit into here? I don't think you even get a good enough read on him by season's end um, for this to make sense. So does he fit in Hoyball? Maybe. Will we find out? I don't even think we'll find out. I think, I mean, mean, we'll see. I think he'll get a look at some point. Maybe somebody will get injured or or something like that. But I think, I think he'll get a look. For the record, campaign, better fit for Hoyball than Michael Carter-Williams. Still not a prototypical fit. Uh, He can push the ball, um, theoretically, in transition. Does have a few handles and we think he can get to the rim. He's really not a good three-point shooter, even though he flashed that Saturday night. Shooting, I think, 30% or just below for the trade. Um, And, that hasn't been what he's known for. So, but maybe he can do some high pick and roll, spread pick and roll stuff, which is a tenant to a Hoiberg system. So, Payne, okay, I guess. Y- you wish he could shoot a little more, um, is the fit, because that is so much of what the offense is predicated on. Colin asks. Anthony Morrow can shoot, by the way. He's not going to get in the rotation in any significant way, but he can shoot. He can, and he'll be gone at season's end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're. We're all inclusive here on making sure all parts of the trade are addressed. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. As always, uh, Colin via Twitter asks, "How much do you expect Denzel Valentine's game to grow and develop now that he has playing time?" I mean, we'll find out, won't we? We'll see. We'll see. He's looked pretty good the last couple of games. Obviously, he hit five three pointers in the win over Phoenix. He looked pretty good coming off the bench yesterday. Uh, yeah, you know, he's preached. I mean, going back to he was really. I mean, he was upset after, I think, that early January game against the Wizards. He hit four or five threes, I think, 
played a really good game at Washington, and then they played the Knicks a couple nights later, the night after, and he got food poisoning or illness, yeah. something like that. And just never had the momentum carried and over. He he got out of rhythm, and then I think Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, they, they were out a few games there. Like then, then they, they came, came back, back yeah. and and he just couldn't stick, and he was really bummed by that. And then he goes down to the D League and plays a lot of minutes and plays well. People forget that he has played in crunch. Or sorry, time the G League, G League, the G League. He played in crunch time this year in the D League, the G League. Um, so the other night when he had that big game, I think as we pointed out against the Suns, he he reminded us he's had played in crunch time. But yeah, I expect Denzel Valentine not to not to hit four three pointers on average every game, but I expect him to knock down a couple threes and space the floor. And probably get beat off the dribble um, here and there. And you'll say, wow, he got roasted defensively. And I expect him to grow and be better by season's end. They need him uh, to show that. Because, I mean, until these past two games, we have no idea what he is. I mean, absolutely again, non entity this year for the most part because of circumstances and also because of performance. And he obviously didn't earn it via via the rotation in practice or, or games when he did have that limited opportunity. So, um, I expect him to be a guy who can shoot 36, 37, 38% on three-pointers, which is above league average, not like out of this world, but uh, he should knock those down uh, the rest of the year. Um, Bulls for Life asks, Nico and Denzel are playing well. If they keep doing that, does that mean it was a good trade? Uh, I mean, that was part of the rationale for the trade, so I guess it does. I mean, it depends on... I mean, maybe, maybe the second round pick that they traded in 2018 turns out to be the next dream on green or something, and then you can say it was a terrible... Is it the kind of trade, like, it's not... It doesn't look great in the short term, but, like, Taj was going to be gone anyway. Doug, they kind of decided they didn't like what they had. If part of the trade is they wanted to open up minutes for Bobby and Denzel, and those guys take advantage of those minutes, then, yeah, I mean, I think you can say that that part of the rationale of the trade made sense. Yeah, you know, um, a lot depends on that. I understand, again, I understand where the Bulls are coming from. I think they made the trade with the concession that on paper and largely on performance based the rest of the season, um, that they were going to get beat in that trade. And I still don't understand the second round pick, obviously, as we pointed out. Uh, I, I hate when Sean and I agree so much, but that's just logic like we don't get. Um, so maybe we need to follow up down the line a little bit more there on how much they value uh, yeah. draft picks, specifically second rounders. Where in few only takes two of them to package together with the young wing to get Nerlens Noel now. Apparently, only takes the, two of them to package together with Anthony Randolph's contract to get someone to take Anthony Randolph's contract off your hands too. That's that might be too soon, Sean. I mean, Doug McDermott was just traded a few days ago. Might be too soon to to be referencing those. Uh, we should take care before we hop off the podcast. Some housekeeping notes from Bulls practice. Paul Zipser will miss his seventh consecutive game Tuesday night as he continues to deal with. What they say is ankle tendonitis. Uh Um, It's been lasting a really long time. Maybe we should put the antenna up on that one. Uh, No, no, no. They love Zipser. They've been talking Zipser up. No, the the skepticism up on the injury being worse than it is. Not Zipser, not parting ways with Zipser. Oh, I mean, dude, it's the Bulls medical staff. I don't know. Uh, We already mentioned, I think, MCW will be out. Um, Everything else fairly normal. Bobby Portis talked to reporters, was asked if he had... A clear understanding of what it took to gain minutes when he was out of the rotation, not getting minutes. And he said, I didn't know what I could really do to get minutes. 
but one thing I know I always do is come here every day and work as hard as I can and let the dominoes fall as they may. He expressed um, what he called a little bit of uncertainty and confusion around why he needed to go to the D-League, but he said it was uh, for the better, and he, he admitted it was all confusing. So I'm just going to put this out there. We can get into it more later, bigger picture stuff, but Bulls communication, uh, not on point would be the best way to put it. Always muddled, always seemingly cloudy this year when it comes to rotation roulette uh, in that regard. So Bulls have the Nuggets on Tuesday night at the United Center. Bulls sitting in tied for sixth, I believe, heading in to action Monday night with the Pacers for that spot. Bulls three clear of ninth place, which is the important part in the playoff chase. There's a little bit of room opening up uh, there in that regard. So uh, we'll have a Lockdown Bulls episode after Tuesday's game. As always, follow Sean on Twitter at Hiking Myself at Cody Westerland. Locked on Bulls is on Twitter and Facebook by its name. Email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And most of all, please do subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Tune, and Google Play. Anywhere that you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe and check out the other podcasts and Locked On Podcast Network as well. We'll be back with you guys after the game tomorrow night against the Nuggets. Thanks for listening. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.